A few thoughts on the number 10 from the Big Book of Numerology. This book was given to me by Louisa Blank, a friend of Galinda's. I happened to be pretending to read it during a party at Louisa and Jerome's house. The party had gotten a little weird, with naked drumming and medicinal herbs, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to slip into the spare room and make it look like I'm reading this thing, so as to avoid conversation, and to make sure I didn't get drawn into something between Jerome and Galinda, who do not get along. (laughs) They're like essential oils and coconut water. Those two, they do not mix. Anyways, I was pretending to read it. I started to actually read it. Has that ever happened to you? And when it was finally time to leave, I told Louisa how much I had enjoyed reading it, and she said, take it, take it. I just watched that Marie Kondo show, and she said I need to give away all my books, so take it. I have to declutter. Also, Jerome and I are getting a divorce. So long story short, the book is mine now. (laughs) Oh, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. I'll tell you more about the number 10 in a minute. First, let's open up the portal here and travel to our special place, that which we call... The Deep Night. Oh, friends, hello. It's me, Dale Seaver, and I'm your host and spirit guide for this next hour or so of regrets and revelations, and this is a special episode marking the official 10th anniversary of this program. And because the number 10 means destiny, a launching pad for us to tap into our individuality and creativity and leadership, I thought what better way to cement our destinies together than with a return to the form that started things for me now more than 17 years ago. You see, my career really took off in San Francisco. First at an underground music venue on Castro Street called Café du Nord, and later in the Mission at the Makeout Room. On Wednesday nights, a few people would gather for a cabaret-style variety show, and sometimes I'd host, sometimes my ex-wife Ginny would be there, and sometimes not many others (laughs) besides the performers. A lot like our shows today, come to think of it. (laughs) Well, that's depressing. Anyway, I loved it. I loved having people try new material. I loved having stand-ups, puppeteers, weird performance art, music, short films, all of it on stage in a mix of comedy and what I now see as tragedy. And it meant that I got to spend some time with Jenny doing what we love, singing duets from some sheet music we found in a recycling bin behind a music school in Tempe, Arizona. So many love songs, even songs that weren't intended to be love songs, as we would later discover. So I wanted to do a variety show this year uh, at Sketchfest to honor the past and to bring back a little of the magic. Also, there were other factors. According to this numerology book I was given, the number 10 is an invitation for us to take a stand, claim all aspects of ourselves, and boldly go forth into uncharted territory. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to take a stand. (laughs) For each of the past six years, we've gone out to SF Sketchfest, and we've always had a great time of it. But the past few years, I've missed something, and that was the old anything-can-happen variety show feeling. Also, after two years in a room with an ice machine and questionable mics, I said, please get me inside the theater. I long for the theater and good sound. I'll do videos, anything. So we got a primo spot on opening weekend of the festival, a day without a women's march, torrential downpour, a cosmic calamity. I packed the show with talented people, some I've known for years, and others I had just met. I said, let's have a psychedelic band and make this show... A show all about the future, because why not? That's what we should be focused on. The 10 is considered lucky, or at least fortunate, 
It promises supportive energy towards everything new and forward-thinking. It's not an energy that enjoys hanging on to the past, nor does it thrive in taking the back seat. So even though the 10 promotes good fortune, it demands a certain amount of focused effort and stamina to achieve the end goal. <laughs> I mean, it's right there in the book. And so we made this show gigantic. Even uh, Janine Garofalo said she could do it. So it became a huge, fun, celebratory return to the variety show format I love, and uh, we, we gave it our all. Now, I, I want to share some parts of the show with you in this episode today, because, uh, well, why not all of it? Well, I know sometimes stand-up folks, they, they don't always like to have their work recorded. Sometimes the work is in process. It's still evolving. So they'd rather wait to put that out. You understand? That's why we shouldn't record them. While you, you go see a stand-up, well, put the phone down. Just enjoy what's going on. Enjoy the process. Uh, so I'm including some bits from the show where I know everybody was okay, and also the brilliant sketch performers, Templeton Philharmonic, with whom we did a full traditional interview episode not, not that long ago. They performed without mics, which is great live, not so great for the podcast. But uh, what we're going to do, we'll start with a little bit of the band Aguti, and if you're in SF, try and catch them around town. Okay, and then that's going to uh, that that part of the episode will lead into my monologue for the show, my welcoming bit of business, because 10 on a microcosmic level means committing fully to embracing our individual identity and then living, breathing and feeling it fully. So here's the beginning of the show recorded live at SF Sketchfest at Piano Fight in the beautiful Tenderloin District, which in the words of Janine Garofalo is the only successful place in America that is resisting gentrification. Ah, oh. <laughs> hello, San Francisco. <laughs> oh, hello, friends. It's so nice to see you. So nice to welcome you to the first ever Deep Night with Dale's Vortex Variety Hour. Yes, and Aguti is here playing music. How are you guys? That's great. Aguti, as I understand it, is a small jungle rodent. Is that right? Oh, we have those in New York, too. That's <laughs> wonderful. Oh, folks, I'm trying. <laughs> I really am. I'm trying to stay in the moment, totally present, you know, aware of all things, responding to everything, sensitive to the world around me. I'm like a tuning fork, tuned to the cosmic vibrations. And it's exhausting. <laughs> Luckily, it doesn't show. <laughs> and that's because <laughs> I share something in common with my fellow intuitive and uh, spiritual guru of sorts, Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, she and I, we have the same regimen, uh, which we use to uh, mask the debilitating effects of being white and recognizing white privilege. It's so much, but it takes a toll. And so just like Gwynnie, every day we both sleep in lubricated hemp sacks that are suspended from the ceiling. You have to cut us out in the morning and we sploosh down. We eat every day. We take no more than two sips of matcha and we swirl it around in our mouth and then we spit it into a Tibetan singing bowl. And then we do a full body roll with those jade rollers. You know what I'm talking about there? Made of jade. They're rollers. They're good for... Wrinkles. 
and they get it all out and look at me. Now, I must be doing something right because just the other day, a woman approached me and she wanted to tell me all about the sexual prowess of seniors in nursing homes. So I still got it. <laughs> that feels good. Oh, I like thinking about the future. I like thinking about the future with you, San Francisco. My own future in San Francisco got a little, little sidetracked, <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> it didn't work out the way I thought it would. And that's kind of due to the fact of my divorce uh, from my first wife, Ginny, which in retrospect, well, that was mostly on me, kind of a miscommunication uh, thing. So that's fun. And then a number of just career missteps and uh, long story short, ended up in Los Angeles, I know, and I was taking classes at UCB. <laughs> I know, it's the worst, the lowest a person can get. <sighs> I spent more than $3,000 to learn how to say yes and. Yes and, I still can't pay my rent. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But then I moved to New York and things turned around for me. But, but I know that this moment... This moment right now that we're going through, ladies, not this moment, this moment is enjoyable, but outside, you know, society and politics, it's all very, very troubling for some people. Every morning I print out Twitter, and I sit down. <laughs> I try to print out Instagram, but I can't afford the ink. <laughs> it's just like, use your words, Instagram. And I'm reading through there all the hashtags and this and that. And I say, oh, gosh, it's not for me. You know, that's a lot of bad stuff happening. <laughs> I don't want any part of it. Uh, it really seems to be like the world's in a terrible place. Unless <laughs> you happen to be in the personal wellness business. And I am. <laughs> so thank you very much. Thank you. That's a nice round of applause. I... <laughs> I know, it's like, it's so great for, for, for wellness, for being well, for thinking about wellness. It just makes me want to go, you know, four more years, right? <laughs> four more years. Uh, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's really been going gangbusters. My second wife, and incidentally, she loves when I call her that. My uh, second wife, uh, Galinda, uh, tip for the divorcees out there. Uh, my second wife and I run a wellness clinic and a little shop down uh, by a super fun site in Brooklyn. And, uh, oh, oh, it's going gangbusters. It's just go going so great. We sell uh, the crystals. How many people here have expensive rocks sitting on their windowsill right now? <laughs> All of us. All of us. Yes, we do. Keep going. It's fine. Charge them. Run them under some water. Think about their healing properties. <laughs> fine. <laughs> Just keep buying. Just keep buying. And that's what I'm saying. That's the important thing. And uh, we also have a, number of, uh, we have a number of essential oils. Do you enjoy the essential oils? Do you have a diffuser already? I'll set you up with one. That's fine. Uh, and I'm really excited because we have a, a big success that's just happened. And maybe you've already experienced this. But I came up with a, a new line of essential oils. It's called Lift Sense. And it's for the Lift driver that wants to promote wellness within their own vehicle. And you put the little thing in the, in the air vent there, and it just fills the whole car. And when I was designing this scent, which is a fascinating uh, process, believe me. When I was designing this scent, I wanted to achieve something that was evocative of a teenage boy that had just learned how to shave. <laughs> with a little hint 
of train station bathroom. <laughs> and I nailed it. <laughs> I really did. I'm so pleased to tell you that right now, today, one out of every four Lyft drivers is using LiftSense. And you'll get to have that. It stays with you, so don't worry. You'll take that home, and that'll be nice. You know, it is often said to me, often very loudly and right next to my ear, uh, with a little bit of a, a waft of pignon incense and mezcal uh, by my wife, Galinda, that maybe we're living in a simulation. <laughs> and if I'm feeling a little naughty <laughs> and I want to, you know, wind her up, uh, when I hear that, I will reply uh, by uh, standing up making a series of glitching noises, and then say, wizard needs food badly, and walk backwards all the way to the bathroom and shut myself in. Uh, and now, interesting about that is uh, because uh, we have trust issues. And <laughs> as it turns out, uh, sometimes my rage manifests as something I think is a hilarious bit. But ends up being something we need to pursue during our sand tray work with our couple's counselor, <laughs> Connie. Uh, <laughs> incidentally, I just learned that Connie's name is Cammie, but uh, I've already been calling her Connie so long, I'm not, I'm not going to switch. <laughs> but if we are in a simulation, let's just say that we are all characters flitting around on the lenses of some kid's Oculus Rift down there in San Mateo. If that's the case, well, I want to be the best I can be. <laughs> you know, I want to be the character that wins the whole thing. So I'm not going to be a doubting Thomas. Those people are going to be eaten by the fire demons. Or however it ends, one can't know the future. I'm just saying it's probably fire demons. <laughs> and I want to give it my best shot. I try to do that and everything. But the point is, ladies and gentlemen, we can't know the future, can we? We can't see it with all certainty and clarity. We don't know. Will we be able to use pets to run common household chores? Send them out for things? I don't know. Will we be able to uh, insert chips in our necks that allow us to go through the checkout lane at Safeway with ease? Will we have chips in our necks that allow us to go to the single Safeway out in the marina and find a mate who is appropriate and has a good diet? <laughs> we don't know. That one probably would happen, but we, 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 can't, we can't say for certain. Will we have foods that we then mold into the shapes of other things? And then we become uh, so uh, fond of that new thing that we forget what that food originally looked like in the first place. The future is vast, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot know it. Now, after this, we had a video by Cole Cush about space-time. This is a little unorthodox, but here's the audio of that video, which you can check out on Cole's website or on YouTube. star Arcturus and some stars of the Dipper. Normal but quite unfamiliar stars and clouds of gas surround us as we traverse the Milky Way galaxy. Giant steps carry us into the outskirts of the galaxy and as we pull away we begin to see the great flat spiral facing us. Shit. The time and path we chose to leave Chicago 
has brought us out of the galaxy along a course nearly perpendicular to its disk. No way. The two little satellite galaxies of our own are the clouds of Magellan. 10 to the 22nd power, a million light years. Groups of galaxies bring a new level of structure to the scene. Glowing points are no longer single stars, but whole galaxies of stars seen as one. What? We pass the big Virgo cluster of galaxies, among many others, a hundred million light years out. As we approach the limit of our vision, we pause to start back home. This lonely scene, the galaxies like dust, is what most of space looks like. This emptiness is normal. Holy shit. After that, I thought, you know, it would be great to dig into the science of the future, so why not talk to a future expert, the host of the Flash Forward podcast, Rose Eveleth. I should tell you that I conducted the entire interview in a store-bought Aquaman costume, because I'm such a fan of the film. Also, I don't know that this was a good choice, but it was a choice, and 10 is about making choices with confidence. Anyway, here's a conversation with Rose Eveleth. I know. Doesn't that bring it all home for us? Thinking about things. It's difficult sometimes. But I'd like to get serious if I could with you, ladies and gentlemen, and take a moment here. Because I think now it's time that we bring in an expert to really talk about the future and everything that uh, could be and might be and will be. (laughs) She's the host of the Flash Forward podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Rose Eveleth. Hi, Rose. How are you? Get a, grab a mic here. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. I love your suit. Thank you. It's you great. know, Rose, so nice to have you here. Thank you, Aquaman. Uh, Well, that's the thing. I recently saw this documentary. Yes. (sighs) About an undersea kingdom. Yes. And a reluctant king. Mm, mm. Kind of a rogue. Oh. Kind of a fella. And as you said, Aquaman. I believe so. Yes. I believe I saw the same documentary. That's the film. And it got me thinking. And so I'm going to pose a couple of questions to you about that, about that uh, scientifically accurate film. Yes. Do you think in the future we will be able to capitalize on octopus, octopi, playing the drums? Ooh, uh, yes. Okay. Now, as a follow-up to that question, do you think that the rising seawaters are, in fact, the biggest danger we face as humanity? That's a really good question. Thank you. Uh, in the long, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, in the long run, yes. In the short term, I think we're very good at destroying ourselves. Uh, in the, the shorter term, yep. so uh, yes and no. And can we science our way out of it? Can we? No. No. Well. Unfortunately, no. I don't think we can science our way out of it. We have to policy our way out of it, which is way harder. Yeah. Or we could uh, <laughs> learn how to communicate with the fish. Yes. And wear armor. 
Yeah. And well, you're probably you're be ready fine. already. I am ready yes. already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did try to live underwater at one point. And how'd that go? Uh, not great. No. No. Uh, in the 1960s, there was a project called Sea Lab, which you may have seen in the sure. other documentary on um, Adult Swim. Yes. Uh, but it was in fact a real project, uh, right around the same time as the space program, and the space program sort of took precedent, and the Sea Lab was abandoned and actually destroyed. So we have no evidence of it. God rest their souls. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. That's it. Uh, Conspiracy the theory fodder. Yeah. Yes, I know. Davy Jones Locker. It, it, that's what it is, exactly. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, and probably San Francisco will sink. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, earthquake first, then tsunami, and then sinking. Yeah, it's a three-part process. So if you need to update your planners, get that, it to go bag. Yeah, get, make a go bag now. <sighs> probably just from all the discarded scooters that are going to be everywhere. Yeah. They'll be the only thing that survives. Yeah. yeah. This is line bikes everywhere. But you know everywhere. what I say? Just leave it wherever. It's fine. The Earth is mostly rubber and metal That's what anyhow. got us into this mess. <laughs> We're all made of star stuff, we aren't we? we got here. Rose. Uh, okay, well, recently on your uh, program, Flash Forward, you did a deep dive. What you do is sometimes you take a kind of sci-fi idea and kind of interrogate it with science, which is wonderful. I like to poke things with science. And that's what you do. And uh, one of the things that you had recently on there as a, as a topic, that's a subject that I'm very intrigued by, teleportation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people here probably oh, commute, you know, they think about it. And you're, you're saying, how could I get there faster? Yeah. Which we already Skip have. the, the Bay Bridge, just teleport. Right. We already have the scooters. But you're saying there's a faster way. It would be teleportation. It's, clo it's a close. It's very close. But, but now yes, tell me, what faster. is the problem with teleportation? Why can't it work? Well, teleportation is great as long as you don't care about your corporeal form surviving. So, okay, so far, uh, no problem. Right. <laughs> right. Get me out of it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you're fine with um, being completely destroyed and yes. then uh, reassembled as basically a, a clone of your yep. murdered self somewhere so else, yep. no problem. Now, as I understand it, as you were explaining it, uh, you needed to have the, a, a, a mass of uh, equal amount yes. in the place that you were headed. Now, not only will yourself be murdered and then yeah. re-transported somehow yes. to another place, but the guy on the other end, yes. <laughs> he's sitting there next to a mound of what? I'm going to give you this opportunity to back out of talking about quantum teleportation, because if you want to get into quantum entanglement, we can right now. Do you want to do that? We're already there, Rose. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I will talk about quantum entanglement all day. So. Give us the fast version. Okay, the fast version. Uh, let's say that you and your Aquaman suit yes. are entangled with me and uh, my non-Aquaman suit. Oh, I'm very well, jealous. I just met you, so I don't well. know if that's appropriate, but okay. It's the future. Everything's fine. Uh, so we're entangled. We're Update. entangled. Anything yes. that happens to you happens to me. So yes. you drop your microphone, I drop my microphone. Yes. Uh, now let's say that you would like to go somewhere, wherever, wherever Dale is. Yeah. Seems great. That's seems generally great. when people say, where do I want to go? Wherever, wherever Dale, Dale is. is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, if, if you and I then become entangled, whatever happens to me happens to you, and then therefore you are destroyed, sorry, and then teleported to wherever you are in a cloned version. Now, you have to already have a huge pile of particles of the exact type, mass, and uh, configurement, configuration as, as she is made of. So I hope you're ready, because if not, she's dead forever. 
Well, but that's what I mean. What do you have to have there? It's a, it's a, what do you, what do you put in the jar? Well, here's the problem. We've never done this with anything larger than a very, very, very small particle. Yeah. So uh, you and I are not, not ever probably going to be entangled. I'm so sorry to tell you. Well. Um, but you also have your second wife, so it's probably a good thing. Um, but uh, in Again. theory, you could have um, <laughs> actual Something particles. Something to explore. Yeah, yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> the future. Who knows? <laughs> Everyone's more excited in the future. Yes. Um, You'd have to have uh, particles, so um, those come down to like subatomic particles. Yeah. Uh, you, I asked this of the scientists when I talked to them, and I said the same thing. I'm like, are they in a box? Are they in like a plastic bag? Like, right. what are they in? And they were like, we haven't really thought about that because we've never done anything larger than a single particle before. So yeah. they don't have a containment system yet. That's how you can make all your money. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing pretty good with the rocks, but that's a good idea. <laughs> Um, and I think probably a teleportation station agent is not going to be something I sign up for. Well, unless you, you really like that. murdering people. No, I no, don't. No, no, not no, you? Okay. No, of course not. Well, I'm no. just but just sitting you. next to a big thing of particles, ugh, no thanks. And then if they come through wrong, you've got to explain that to the family? Yeah, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, so uh, do you think that the singularity will uh, affect Roombas? Are they going to be the first? They're actually agents of the singularity. Yeah. Um, no, I do not think so. I think by the time we reach the singularity, uh, we will no longer clean up after ourselves because we will have already sort of transcended consciousness. Oh, that's... See, there's something to look forward to. I don't think that's going to happen, to. just to be clear. <laughs> no, something to look forward to. Uh, no more Roombas. Yeah, and no more, no more self-agency. Right, or cleaning. Yeah, yeah. And great. Flesh. It's all great. Um, <laughs> so, uh, is there something though that you think where you've encountered it and you tried to uh, poke it and then it it, uh, it ended up being okay? Like teleportation, you're saying no, it's not going to work. But maybe some of these other things would. Is there one thing that will? Um, I think there's some really exciting things to be said about things you can add to your body. Uh, yes. I have an RFID chip in my hand, so you do. Uh, I do. It's this little glass thing right in there. Huh. What, is, what does that get you in? Well, um, if TSA I, pre-check? I wish. If I could convince the, uh, the, the BART folks to let me program it to be able to scan, I could technically scan my hand and get well, it to listen, BART. Well, listen, that's going to be a long phone call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I tr I've tried. I've tried. <laughs> you talk to the people at BART. Yeah, they hang up usually I when I call them. I lost a sweater once. <laughs> they oh. know me. I'm on the do not pick up list at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 But um, I mean, in reality, like there's lots of interesting things that we can do to our bodies to then feel more like ourselves. Um, and I think there's some really interesting things that people are working on there, not in the like Silicon Valley tech space, yeah. but in the more art tech space. Body mods. Exactly. Great. Here's three things that I think uh, we'll, we'll be, we should be paying attention to in the future. Yeah, you tell me if I'm, I'm on the mark. Right. Chinese investment in Africa. Yes, already happening. Stilts. Yes. Salad discs. So, sorry, what? Discs of salad. Discs of salad. So, like, you would put the whole disc in your mouth. That's right. So, like, food pills, kind That's of. That's right, yeah. Uh, no. No, not going to yeah. happen. Okay. Um, well, uh, and other than the body mods, are you looking forward to something? Oh, my God. That's a terrible question. Am I looking forward to something? Um, it's a terrible question. You, uh, I I'm so that? sorry. I mean that I am depressed when I think about the future, oh, just okay. like you. Because I took it personally uh, and probably when you everyone. said it was No, you... <laughs> My whole thing is asking So sorry. People. I'm the worst guest. Um, things I'm looking forward to in the future. I think that... Great question. I'm stalling now because uh, I can't a, think I'll, of I'll anything. I'll help you. I'll help you. 
We had a guy on here a couple of years ago. Uh, he's involved in the mushrooms. He's saying everything's going to be built out of mushrooms. I'm excited oh. about that. What do you think about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, there are some really cool um, alternative materials, actually, that are happening. Um, and I think the realization, I'm excited, actually, for the realization that I think will be coming soon to Silicon Valley that they can't actually just fix everything with a device, which yep. has been happening. So, like, um, trying to clean up ocean plastic with this big fancy device that cost $64 million, and all the experts were like, this isn't going to work. And then it didn't work. Um, and I think that realization and realizing that it's a more complicated problem generally, I think, is slowly happening um, in these spaces. So I'm sort of excited for that. The end of maybe tech hubris. Woo. Yes, I'm excited about that, too. Now, the podcast is called Flash Forward. Flash Forward. And where do people get it? Anywhere you get your podcast. Exactly. Rose Eveleth, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll take that, too. Shake your hand. Take that. Now, you talk about process. The next performer is playwright and actor Peter Sinatri. Peter and I go back to our earliest days together performing in some of his first productions. Uh, there I was often. He did some of mine. I did some of his. I was often wearing tights and holding bread products. Peter directed some of my earliest solo shows, often involving fat suits and space travel. And I owe a lot of things to Peter, his brother George, his great family, who welcomed me to California and treated me with such kindness and humor. It's always a treat to see Peter perform his own material, and this bit where he asked for some advice on his new play went in some surprising directions. It could not be harder to put this into the... <laughs> That's one thing I would look forward to in the future. Is an easier, well, that's going to be fun to see what happens to that. Oh, gosh, gosh. Well, we're learning, we're feeling. Uh, I think it's time we did a little bit of a thought experiment about the future. And this next performer, oh, ladies and gentlemen, he's so tall. He's so tall that he actually can see the future before any of us. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Peter Sinnachtrieb to the stage. Ah, Dale Seaver, everyone. That's amazing. Thank you guys so, so much for having me. My name is Peterson Noctribus. That's true. I am the author of the most produced play in America, 2009-2010. Thank you guys so, so much for that. Um, it's Yeah, it's true. For those of you who don't know what a play is, that's about right. Um, I'm just thrilled as a writer to be here in front of people. Um, it's not a frequent thing that happens to me. Um, so I think that I became a writer because of people. Um, the things you do, uh, the choices that you make, uh, I'm really grateful for those. <laughs> uh, I'm also so grateful. Thank you so much, Dale, for allowing me to allow you to become part of my process today. Yeah, because I am writing a new play. Um, it's a very exciting time of the process, and uh, thank you for clapping that I'm writing something new. I know you've been waiting for it, because, you know, yes, you're welcome. Uh, you know, most of my work recently has been ghostwriting online social media rage posts for various individuals and government-related entities, so I'm really excited to write something that's a little bit longer and with less hate. Uh, so I am actually, and so I, I, I knew that Dale was coming, and I'm writing this play. It's going to be about the future. 
um, which is really exciting, and I think about it a lot, mostly in a personal finance dystopian um, angle from that. Uh, and um, I just thought I could come to you and ask you uh, some questions about what you would like to be, which is very different. My, my normal process is very solitary. Um, I, I dim the lights in my apartment. I light candles all around my, my office. <laughs> uh, and I, it's just sort of me communicating with my computer. And um, it's very tactile. It's very intense. Um, but I'm sorry to say on December 17th, 2018, uh, my muse, my primary um, source for delight and inspiration, uh, Tumblr, had a terrible change in their terms of service. <laughs> and for some reason decided to ban inspirational content. <laughs> so um, instead of coming to Tumblr, I thought I'd come to you. <laughs> so... We might have to feel this out a little bit. Front row, get ready. Um, so I just have, I wanted to, I, you know, I believe really truly that art is about giving you everything that you want. So I do have 300 questions I just wanted to ask you quickly um, about what you would like in a play about the future. Um, if you could just shout your answers out and also come to an instant consensus, I would appreciate that. Um, they are very short answers, just some yes or no's. Artificial intelligence. Okay, monorails, flying cars, space travel, really small phones. Okay, um, <laughs> I heard that no, and I'm going to take it in. I'm going to think about it. I really am. Uh, Force tattoos that also track you. My money. Currency. That was a no. I'm taking uh, currency in general. Um, something that we don't value now that has become a luxury in the future, such as bottle caps, uh, tissues. Or, uh, or websites where you can view or curate adult content. <laughs> yes. Uh, fun, uh, curvy buildings. Yeah. All right, abandoned libraries covered in ivy. Yeah. Um, the transformation of what was once a lush, sensual world into a sexless tundra. <laughs> yeah, just yes or no is fine with that. Um, electricity. Dairy. Soap. Sex? If yes, would you be okay um, with solitary short orgasms? Uh, death? <laughs> uh, Follow-up questions on death. Is death real? Do you feel confident in what death is? Do you willfully believe a fiction about death? Yeah, is it something you fear? Uh, do you ever fear that something you relied on to uh, pleasure yourself, something you really needed, uh, will suddenly be taken away from you? <laughs> yeah. Okay, just a couple quick either-ors. Um, whether you can control or whether unpredictable. Okay. Capital, first question is the right one. Capitalism or socialism? Uh, ethnic groups are all mixed together. Boston or Columbus? <laughs> Why did I even ask? Uh, order or chaos? Monogamy or something else? Consciousness or intelligence? Uh, genes or circuits? Uh, say if there was a flashback scene in the play to now when someone was trying to find adult content online that they suddenly can't find uh, Twitter or Reddit? Uh, Xtube or Pornhub? Uh, Pinterest or LinkedIn?
All right, uh, fill in the blanks. In the future, I would like to see more cocks. Uh, in the future, I would like to see less. We all carry shame. We all do. Um, if you were useless to society, what would you, uh, be your favorite thing to do? Uh, what would you do when they take that favorite thing away? Some unanswerable questions for you now. Um, who's in charge here, seriously? Like, who made these decisions? Who has this body shame? Um, when will it stop? What is happening to the internet that I loved? You know, first it was Craigslist, bye-bye, C's, and you know, then it's Tumblr. What's next? Are we not going to be able to see you know, shirtless people on Instagram? What is happening to our society? Why is everything wonderful being taken away? Well, you know what? That is not the future that I want to write about. Are you with me? Yes. What the fuck is that? This sexless future? Absolutely not. I am going to write the filthiest, most brilliant, dirtiest, naughtiest play about the future you will ever see. And you're all going to come see it here. Thank you. You have inspired me so, so much. And we had some terrific stand-up. Uh, in addition to Janine, we had uh, Sereni Wirasekera and Francesca Fiorentini, and they were both terrific, but uh, you have to go and see them live to get to catch their sitch. Uh, and then we also had the next duo you're going to hear from are the comics of the future. John Malatsky and Brian Perkins do this sketch. It's been, honestly, 15 years since they last performed it, but, oh, they still got it. <laughs> During the heydays of the early aughts, this was a big act, that they did whenever the folks from Killing My Lobster, a sketch comedy group out there, were invited to do a charity event or special performance cabaret-type thing. And they always enter wearing white jumpsuits and then portray comic number one and comic number two and do some timeless comedy from uh, the future. And during this triumphant return, those of us who remembered the bit were singing along and mouthing the words. It was like putting on an old record that you knew all the words to. It was great fun to have them back, and it will forever be one of my favorite things. Here now, comics of the future. Ladies and gentlemen, two weeks from now, man will discover time travel. On the following Thursday, two comics, number one and number two, will travel back in time to save your lives. The comics of the future. Dude, you fucking know this to me. Okay. How about... It's your thing at the right? Yeah. yeah. You gotta... Oh. <laughs> We're good. Future. Okay. <clears throat> One, two, three, comedy. Comic number one. Yes, comic number two. Sneakaboozle. Calyptotron. Fargus. <laughs> Note to the audience. Uh, in the... Very near future, some cr 
crazy shit is going to go down. Some batshit end of days, cuckoo gonut shit. And the very few of us who survive are going to talk really weird. Tubas Chaka, Thibo! Crazy future talk, it plays with your mind! Don't get me wrong. The crazy future talk is pretty fun. <laughs> Blah zap. But it's beside the point. Shaba shaba. Because the machines are getting dangerously smart and the earth is very fucking angry with us. Time is running out, literally. We have about 12 minutes. So why don't we do a little timeless comedy? Timeless, timeless comedy. comedy. Comic number one? Yes, comic number two. What do you think of that guy? I think he's a fucking a-hole. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Making fun of other people makes me feel good. Timeless, timeless comedy. comedy. Comic number two? Yes, comic number one. You hear about that bullshit? Which bullshit? All that bullshit. Oh, yeah, I heard. <laughs> what do you think about it? Oh, man, that bullshit reminds me of that guy. That, that guy, guy fucking sucks. sucks. He, he sucks, sucks so fucking hard. Timeless comedy. comedy. Comic number one? Yes, comic number two. That guy is a timeless comedy goldmine. What other topics are timeless comedy goldmines? Oh, man. My job? That's right. Airline travel? Yes. <laughs> My fucking kids. Oh, your fucking kids, they fucking suck. I know, right? They remind me of that guy. That's the last joke about how that guy sucks. Just a little something we like to call crowd work. When you love it this much, it's not work. And uh, <laughs> Speaking of work, can we just for one fucking second slow down and talk about this shameless, regressive, backwards administration? No thanks. It's time for fan mail. Fan mail. Fan mail. Mail from the fans. It's the fanny fan mail. The fanny, fanny, fan fans write down a thought. They give it to the postman, he gives it to us. We read it on stage, it's a little bit. It's a cultural paradigm, you know what I mean. The fanny, fanny, fan, mail the mail from the fans. All right. Okay. All right, let's, let's just take a look inside the mailbag. Uh, it's empty. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, we haven't done this act since 2003, and then fucking nobody was using the real mail. This isn't even my bag. Some stupid motherfucker left his bag on stage. Who was it? That guy? You know. You were here. Who? Oh, <laughs> wait. Uh, this actually is my bag, <laughs> Bruce. That's <laughs> uh, my bad, Bruce. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep, well, my why, bag. <laughs> why all of a sudden are you calling me Bruce? Uh, just felt right. <laughs> Plus, uh, Bruce is a, is a fun name to say. Bruce? Bruce is fun to say. Larry Bitchcake? Oh, damn. I called you Bruce. That happened. Then you called me Larry Bitchcake. That's what I did. <laughs> I've been one-upped. You've been one-upped. My name is Larry, a Larry Bitchcake, and I've been one-upped. You have been one-upped. You lost the crowd. But I think you can get him back. Uh, Larry B., do you have any kind of earnest confessional anecdotes you could share with the crowd that would make you seem like really brave and introspective? Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I've been married about six years. Thank you. Um, you know, it, it's a good marriage, but uh, marriage is hard, right? I think we can all agree about that because um, 
because people change, right? And sometimes these changes are, uh, are beyond people's control. And your partner is there, and, and they just kind of have to deal with it. Um, last year, <laughs> uh, out of the blue, totally unprepared, I started having these daily um, cataclysmic panic attacks. And um, the other week, I was actually, uh, I was at a Walgreens. Oh, 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 and you shop at Walgreens? Yeah. Oh, man, I can relate. Walgreens, Walgreens, it's like a fat, dirty diaper that sells cigarettes. They also sell wine and Band-Aids. Uh, I give it an A-plus for value. I give it a B-minus for ambiance, uh, unless you've been to the one on 24th and Mission, which is pretty nice, but gone. So, you know. Anyway. <coughs> I live in Oakland now. There's one right by the Trader Joe's. Uh, very... Back to my personal story. Uh, it looks like I'm probably going to live. Yeah, maybe. Look, we know what you're thinking. If these two guys are from the future, why are they dressed like shitty detectives trying to pass off as house painters? And I'll tell you why. Because fashion. Because Fa fashion, buddy. Fashion is a passion. You got to look good. You do look good, Larry Bitchcake. You look good. Also, Larry Bitchcake. Okay, I see. See, uh, I went up to you calling you Larry Bitchcake, uh -huh. but then you gave me the old dipsy do. Oh. Yeah, because you called me also Larry Bitchcake. Mm. And quite frankly, that was pretty badass. <laughs> and I'm, just, I'm looking at you now. I'm seeing you in a new light. You got this uh, dope stash. You got this kind of formless canvas coverall hiding what I can only assume is a brand new gelatinous dad bod. Oh, you noticed. <laughs> you look like a man with a van and a very sexy plan. <laughs> Named Cornelius Merriweather. That's your new name. And that's our time. I'm sorry it wasn't very cohesive, but we're clearly not professionals. But we are best friends. Yeah, maybe. Best friends, friends forever. Also, Larry Bitchcake, Cornelius Merriweather. Best friends having fun. We want you to reach out and just love someone. Playing games, making tricks. Wear protective suits for the apocalypse. Having fun, rocking your ass. Laugh it up now because the fun won't last. Good night, everybody! And that was SF Sketchfest for us. Thanks to everyone who came out. It was a sold-out show, and it was the absolute perfect way to kick off our official 10th year of the program, honoring the past, keeping an eye on the future. Thanks to the folks who run SF Sketchfest as well. It's always a well-run operation. Thanks to Cole, Janet, and David, the founders, uh, but the technicians and the helpers this round, Cole, Lance, and Casey. It's a different Cole, by the way. Fantastic. Just professional, helpful, not snarky. They got us in. They got us out on time and sounding great. So that's, uh, that's a lot of show. Personalized reading this week goes out to Fetchem Bandus of Misery, Arkansas. Fetchem? You can put a pop-up shop, you can put a loft, you can put an, a, 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 a soap, an artisanal soap store, but there will still be the scent of beshitted trousers everywhere you go. 
And the lucky number this week, 10. Of course, all the time, 10. You know why. Well, that's it for us. Remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night with Dale is produced by James Bewley. Season 11 podcast icon designed by Candace Broers. My Deep Night theme by Zach Gabbard. Music heard throughout the show is provided by the talented roster at Haller Hills Farm in Ohio. Plus some other stuff at the top that Dale just finds online and downloads to a secret folder. Poster artwork this season provided by Ronald Horn Industries, Maria Wen, and Scott Balmer, among others. Live shows every other month at... The Slipper Room. Studio services provided by Harvestworks in New York City. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to the show on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and catch some of the episodes on YouTube. Now, it's time to close up the portal and leave you with Gaia's blessings. Good night. <laughs>